Downstairs in our basement at home, we have a TV VHS combo. The player is built into the TV. Do we still have that? We do. Oh my god. And the next day when the cops show up, there's just parts everywhere. And God, I'd hate to be that cleaning lady. <laughs> <laughs> The original screenplay, it was going to be darker, much more disturbing, and not the real horror comedy that it turned out to be. We did a list one time of the sequels that are better than the original, and this movie was on that for us. That would make sense, yeah. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. I just made that up. <laughs> it's a good line, honey. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> Mad Wolf Productions. Uh, welcome as we talk about Frightful Hotels. Welcome into the Fright Club podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. A great special guest, a return special guest, friend of the show, you might say, <laughs> uh, to talk about these great Frightful Hotels. But we want to talk about last time, really quickly, uh, we had the 35mm party of the original Friday the 13th that we showed for Fright Club Live at Gateway Film Center. And that, I'll tell you what, that was a hoot. I never expected to have that many people in the audience that had never seen the movie at all. Yeah, actually, going into it, we thought maybe there would be a few people who'd never seen it on the big screen. But there was, I bet there were 25 people there who'd never seen the movie, well, most of them very young people. Right, here's the thing. that we you think we wouldn't forget this, but this is a big college town, right? And that <laughs> theater is right in the middle of Ohio State University. A lot of students, young people, they had not seen the movie at all. And it was great. And as you might guess, a lot of them wondered where the hockey mask was. <laughs> And not only were they disappointed in that, but it was so funny when you told them there were 12 movie, twelve of these movies and there was an audible gasp. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was a great crowd. Fantastic choice by Chris Hamill at Gateway to, uh, to have us do that. Great crowd and some fantastic uh, comments after. So all in all, that was a good time. It was. And it's funny because Monty had a great question. Um, he wants to know, as the, the movie closed, did Jason drown? I think we have to say no. Clearly no. He didn't drown. I don't know what he was doing, and uh, his mom didn't know what she was doing. But, I mean, since he's back for the next 11 episodes, I- I'm going to say that no, Jason did not drown in right. the Right, and he doesn't turn into a certified zombie until, what, number five? Six. Number six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess you could. That's a good question, but you could probably explain it away to Mrs. Voorhees psychosis or whatever <laughs> and the story that she cooks up to tell people but also i think we, we want to point out richard wasn't happy right there we didn't even have to wait until later he was right there unhappy that the night house did not make our our I like the night house. Yeah, we like the one, night yeah. house yeah that's a good one uh, really mainly attributed to rebecca hall because oh, i think for without, sure. without it it might have been a little silly but did did enjoy it so that's everything uh from i think the last one that we wanted to cover we've got some big news for the next couple that we want to talk yeah, about, but yeah. mainly we want to welcome back to the show Jamie Ray, our good friend Jamie Ray from the podcast Faith Five from Fans. And as is usually the case when Jamie joins us, this was his brilliant idea for a topic. Good choice, <laughs> Jamie. Welcome. Well, hey, y'all. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, glad so to do excited. it. excited. What was the inspiration for this topic? Did you um, stay in a murdery place? <laughs> Well, no, actually, it's because, uh, and I won't give it away because it's actually my number one, but I found a big box VHS copy of this movie. Uh, I've gotten back into VHS now, and I was like looking at it, and it was like, man, there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes on in hotels, and just made me start start thinking and thinking, and then I reached out to y'all, and lo and behold, y'all never done it before, right? So of course I. 
I invited myself along, <laughs> and here we are. You know, since you mentioned VHS, I'll, I'll just share too much and say, downstairs in our basement at home, we have a TV-VHS combo. The player is built into the TV. Do we still have that? We do. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Well, I'll have to send you all a picture of the Plastic Microphone Studio, but uh, I love older um, audio and video stuff, so I have a beta and a VHS and... Laserdisc and CED. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And I've got three or four TVs that are all hooked up. So when I do videos, uh, I'm going to start playing that behind us. Beta. So, uh, yeah. Laserdisc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> do y'all know a... CEDs? Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever the inspiration, we're, the... we're glad it hit because we're talking about Frightful Hotels. So I know, as usual, we've got, well, we both, both sides here have some honorable mentions before we get into it. Yeah, there were, I mean, it's a great topic and there are so many, um, because you. you are, you're so vulnerable in a hotel, you know, and you don't even think about it, but you absolutely are. And then of course there's, you know, like you've got the haunted house idea for a hotel, except that it could be, uh, hundreds of thousands of potential victims in this, in this building. So it's really a, a prime, prime real estate for horror and, and, a, and a great topic. And so there were three hotels or in many cases, motels that, um, I couldn't, I couldn't fit into my list, so I want to shout out to the Starlight Hotel from Eaten Alive, Hotel Broslin from Basket Case, and Hotel Quickie from Killer Condoms. <laughs> and then you had one also, Jamie? Those are good. I but, did, but yeah. mine was really an honorable mention. Just just smoked in under the line. It's the Slauson's Lost Oasis. Which, which is, is the best name of all the hotels. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> From Tourist Trap, 1979. Good. Uh, and and I put it on the list because they end up having to stay there. And oh my God, could you imagine sleeping in that place? <laughs> <laughs> Those are not only good uh, good films, but good films to talk about. But good names of hotels. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think K- Killer Condoms, yeah, there's some, there's the some hotel quickie. Ones. You're you're not <laughs> unsure as to what happens in this hotel. They rent by the hour. <laughs> All right, so, so that's it's the not honorable the pancakes that get done fast. <laughs> so that's the honorable mention. So we've each got we do we each have five. We do. All right, who's starting? Well, it's sort of both of us because my our number five is Jamie's number one. So I'm gonna oh. mention it, but the, let Jamie kind of take off and talk about it because it also is a big uh, inspiration. Okay. Well, we'll just describe it then. This is a seemingly friendly farmer and his sister kidnapping unsuspecting travelers and burying them alive, using them to create the special meat they're famous for. It's Motel Hello from Motel Hell. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. What are you doing in here, girl? Vincent, you think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? And so this is the movie that I found, and I was so excited. I love this film, and they took it off of uh, Amazon, but now I have my own copy to pop in. And you got to remember, it takes all kind of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. <laughs> Can never forget that. I'm very surprised that this is as low 
on the list for for you, Hope, because you love this movie too. I love this movie. I absolutely do love this movie. Um, I love everything about it. I love Nancy Parsons. I think that's my favorite part of the movie. She's so great in this one. But also, I love... um, you know, I love the unsuspecting uh, travelers are all like perverts. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know what it is that, about Motel Hello that it just really beckons the swingers to, you know, and I love the idea of John Ratzenberger, who is one of the swingers. Yes. That's just hysterical to me. And also, maybe you were the same way, uh, Jamie, since we grew up in the same era of seeing Elaine Joyce. Now, when I was a kid, Elaine Joyce was just usually a guest on game shows. And I didn't know who she, why she was a celebrity. Who is this person? And here she is. She's in a movie. That's, that's right. This might very well be the first horror movie I ever saw. I saw it at a sleepover. And um, it's the, it's the, I think for most everybody, it's it's the head bags out behind the barn and that noise, that noise that they make. And that is what I know that terrified me. And as dumb and oh funny God. as the movie is, that sound just really got to me. I am so with you. Uh, and then the, the implement that the, that they use to, like, do the holes. You know, my grandfather had a had a, a farm and he had one of those. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be good. And this was, of course, Rory Calhoun. I don't know how many years it had been since he made a movie when this came along. Of course, Mm -hmm. he had been a big star Mm -hmm. back in the day. And all of a sudden, it's Rory Calhoun that you don't expect to see. And I guess originally this, the original screenplay, it was going to be darker, much more disturbing, and not the real horror comedy that it turned out to be. It is funny, though. I I definitely like the comedic aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. But I will not be staying there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of critters so that yeah that's uh, number five for us but number one at the top there for jamie from 1980 on our frightful hotels motel hello from motel hell so we'll move up what to our number four now uh, wait, why don't we hear jamie's number five okay oh sure jamie's number five what do you got over there well i uh, have the stay at the sun god motel from john carpenter's vampires yes. from 1998 <laughs> From the master of terror comes a new breed of evil, John Carpenter's Vampires. You never told me they could do that. I didn't know they could do that. Now, you want to talk about throwing a party. Man, these guys lose their head at this place. <laughs> um, it It's after, you know, uh, all of the, the, the hunters have come back from their first big score and they've killed everybody that they think. And they're all just hanging out with a bunch of um, escorts and pizza. I mean, OK. And the head vampire shows up and just slays. And it's just that is a hotel sitting out all by itself. And the next day when the cops show up, there's just parts everywhere. And God, I'd hate to be that cleaning lady. (laughs) (laughs) It is a glorious mess. And it's not, this is not one of my favorite John Carpenter films, but that scene and just the way that he sets up visually that motel, that dusty out of the middle of nowhere motel. It's so Carpenter. It's so gorgeously shot. Definitely. 
that's one obviously that I would have forgotten about about the hotel aspect of that. So so well done, <laughs> vampires. John Carpenter's ah. vampires. Uh, number five for Jamie. So number four on our list. This move up to a family moving to the country to run a rustic mountain inn. When to their horror, the customers begin befalling sudden and unlikely fates. It's White Lovers Inn in the happiness of the Katakuris. <laughs> Takashi Miike. I love this movie. You know, Miike's made, I don't know, 300,000 films. And, and, and I think he's most known for horror films. Certainly by us he is. But he's made a lot of kids' movies. Um, and he's made some musicals. And he's made a lot of horror films. And this one just smashes those all together. It's such a bizarre movie. It's very, it's clearly inspired in many ways by The Sound of Music. Um but the body count is a lot higher. It's um, it's so bright and sunny. It's so weird. And it's really, you know, you boil it down to, it's just this family of losers trying so hard to do something right and and um, and just failing miserably as, as, as just inexplicably people keep dying in their new hotel. <laughs> yeah, you can obviously see the the connection to the sound of music, but also apparently also loosely based on a Korean film, The Quiet Family from uh, the late 90s. That was not a musical. And I love the the fact, this one was obviously first, but the the scene in The Big Lebowski where, where um, the dude does that sketching over the, yes. the Jackie Treehorn note. This this was a callback to this movie, uh, <laughs> which I love. The drawing wasn't wasn't exactly the same, but <laughs> but it, it always makes me laugh. Yeah, this is. I mean, I love Takashi Miike, but this is even for him. This is so different. This is so cheery, and you root so much for this stupid family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Have you have you seen this one, Jamie? Oh, God, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. I know you guys love this movie, and I've actually never seen it. Well, it'll be one to get, but also, um, but and even though this is a hotel that looks, it's very clean and, and pretty and, and rustic, but yeah, you don't want to stay there either. Well, yeah, and then you yeah. also, if you're talking about <laughs> Mike, you got to think about the hotel in Gozu. I know, right, which is... Um, I don't even know if that is a hotel. Like I, you know, I don't know where in the hell he's staying, but I don't think that that they take good care of their guests either. No, not at all. So our number four, White Lovers Inn, from the happiness of the categories. Uh, moving over to Jamie, what you got next? My number four is the Khaki Palms Motel from The Devil's Rejects. Oh yeah. Are we here? We are playing on a level that most will never see. You're gonna start the killing. You best start it right here. This is truly the most shocking crime scene that this reporter has ever witnessed. Uh, so after the events of House of a Thousand Corpses, You've got the three on the run. And so this they check into this motel very early while trying to uh, elude the police and the big search out for them. And they take a few people hostage in a really brutal scene that's early on in the film. And they it's just, oh, man, I mean, 
you know, these are the people you don't want knocking on your door for to, to borrow some ice. Um, <laughs> it Otis, they just go after these people. In fact, I read that it was so brutal that they had to cut two minutes out of the footage out so that they could release it. Mm. Um, but of course, it's out on video, so you know you get the full thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the Khaki Palms Motel. Oh, this is one of the rare instances where it's really not the hotel's fault at all. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they no, no. they were running a perfectly reasonable joint right there when these when these guests arrived. Yep. But yep. one of the things you know uh, that's something a little different is that that my list most of them don't have anything to do with the the evil in the hotel it's what happens in them yeah yeah um, it's it's a, the, the poor that you're getting the other way yeah yeah it's just the poor unsuspecting uh lodging they don't know what's going to come but one of my favorite things about this about this um the setting here is is the call back to texas chainsaw massacre 2 when um uh, because of course um chop top is is in so you've got you've got the crossover, the same actor in both films, and then he removes a man's <laughs> yeah, face and uh-huh. wears it, which is the first time you see the act happen in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series is in is in two, which is the one that Bill Mosley is in. So anyway, I always love that crossover moment. Yeah, and I love the way it's washed out too, because it, it gives you a whole kind of an unreal feeling with all these things going on in it. And it makes you almost feel the heat that's coming out from you know from the surroundings in there. Uh, it's just shot really, really well. I, I mean, Rob Zombie's just, he's amazing. It's funny. I'm not a big zombie fan, and um, I don't particularly care for House of a Thousand Corpses. I do like this movie a lot, actually. And it's one of those, we did a list one time of uh, sequels that are better than orig- the original, and this movie was on that for us. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's whether it's the what's going on in the hotel or the hotel itself, it all counts. It all counts for us here. Nothing but love. Uh, <laughs> so let's move up to number three. On our list. And this is from the 70s. That's always good. While passing through a vacation resort, a newlywed couple encounters a mysterious, strikingly beautiful countess and her aide. 1971, it's Hotel Austin in Daughters of Darkness. Who do you think I am? A kind of ghoul? A vampire? Oh, no, my dear. If you think these ladies are something, wait until you meet Mother. She's something else. This is one, the hotel itself is like an elegant character in the film. It's just, it's so open and vacant and there's nobody there, but it's like, it's so rustically beautiful. You're just, it feels haunted. And it's really, in this case, it's not really the hotel itself, although apparently Countess has returned. She's been there before. And, um, and I, I do, I think that the, that the hotel itself sets up such a, a surreal atmosphere for what's going on because you're like, where is everybody? Yeah, I think that's part of the part of the seduction mm-hmm. of into the world, the countess and all that is part of it for sure. I think that I think that's the way it it comes off feeling. Uh the, the sort of the the web, the trap that that lures everybody in. And it's just and it's beautiful. And it's it, you know, it's this sort of um aging opulence that I think suits the story so well. 
and then and then it's like such a perfect place for Countess Bathory, who's played so brilliantly by Delphine Sarek. She's perfect in this movie, and she seems so at home in this sort of empty, yeah. opulent, beautiful, elegant spot. Something that there, because something about her and the hotel seems sort of sad and lost in time. Another one I haven't seen. That's what I love about this show. There's all, you're, you guys are always exposing me to. To, to different stuff. It's, and I love Bathory stories. Yes, I do too. This is my favorite one. And I think because it doesn't, it's it's so almost accepting of her. She's really the character you like the best, even though she kills the most people in the movie. <laughs> but you find yourself <laughs> sort of blood. rooting for her. Now, some of this, the, the dining room specifically uh, with the colored glass wall, that apparently still exists still standing um but that's about really one of the only parts of the set of the location that are still standing so a little bit of it from uh from the actual filming still still exists that is a beautiful scene oh, that's i mean that's cool. a gorgeous room that's on my list now <laughs> all right there's your homework <laughs> so number three for us daughters of darkness and hotel austin so we'll pass it over to you jamie well mine is the washburn lodge from Kingdom of the Spiders, another 1970s movie. Why did they come? What do they want? In the tradition of the great science fiction thrillers, Dimension Pictures presents Kingdom of the Spiders, starring William Shatner. Your nightmares will never be the same. Kingdom of the Spiders, the next victim could be you. With... William Shatner. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this this movie. Uh, it's literally one of the very first movies I can remember seeing. I was about seven years old, and we were watching it on TV. And uh, you know, here comes here comes Captain Kirk as Rack Hanson. My God, what a name! <laughs> um, but they end up in this beautiful lodge and there are spiders coming out of every hole. And it's, it's, it's so spooky, um, especially for a little kid. And I remember us all on the couch and my dad reaches his hand across and puts it on my mom's shoulder, like a spider. <laughs> and she throws one of those huge green Tupperware ba- uh, bowls <laughs> of popcorn up in the air. Oh, I'll never forget the wash burn, you know? Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. I would stay there. I would just bring a lot of towels and cover all the, uh, the vents. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to uh, I have to say the same thing to you that you've been saying. I've never seen this movie. George, have you seen it? I have because mm. of because of Captain Kirk, but it's been decades. <laughs> and and you, you usually yeah. see it pop up in montages of of films and and uh, sometimes you know bad special effects and and all the spiders and, and and Shatner. But yeah, it's been a long, 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 long time since I've seen it in well, its I'm, entirety. I'm gonna have to find it. Um, I'm clearly gonna have to watch this movie. Yeah, and he is a huge jerk to women in this movie it's like oh my god are you serious <laughs> oh but i love it especially the uh the, the you've got the airplane scene but if you haven't seen it i'm not going to ruin it for you but uh, and what yeah let's all go and stay at the washburn lodge washburn, oh, washburn. okay <laughs> I, i'd forgotten the name of the actual lodge so good good call in fact uh, one of the things that's nice about this list is remembering the names of the places i'd forgotten a lot of these yeah it is it's it's one of the most yeah, fun me parts too. of it <laughs> I did not forget the name of our number two, and this is a classic from 1960. A secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employee's client and goes on the run. 
and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. What could it be? The Bates Motel in Psycho. Is anyone at home? Oh, that, that, uh, that must be my mother. It's not as if she were a, a maniac. She just goes a little mad sometimes. I mean, this was an obvious choice, and I hate to be obvious, but um, it's just, it's, uh, I I love the way the the motel itself kind of represents, kind of mirrors Norman Bates. You know, it seems so sad and quaint and lonesome, but wholesome. You know, it's like nothing could go wrong here. And so often in a horror movie, you watch, especially a motel in a horror movie, they, they seem dangerous, seedy. You're like, oh, God, I wish I didn't have to stay here. But the Bates Motel just seems like, oh, it's just this lost little gem. It's going to be closed down soon. You just feel sorry for it. And I feel like, I mean, Hitchcock obviously knows what he knew what he was doing all the time. But I, I really feel like he um, that that the way that the motel, the motel itself mirrors the Norman Bates character, I thought was just perfect. Yeah. And the way that it's shot, especially, in, you know, inside and and Norman is is a little nervous and a little jittery. And then they show these stuffed birds and things on the wall with the shadows. And suddenly, yes, it becomes so menacing it does with that big house up the road yeah exactly yeah and, and the house i can't agree more that we were talking about houses that are still standing of course this one the, the actual bates house is on the universal lot we saw it mm-hmm. we, we took it but the uh it has the accompanying motel but that's been replicated so that's not the original but that is the original house if you ever get to california to take that tour yeah yeah and you know the thing everybody always talks about those three minutes in the shower but there's so many creepy, creepy scenes. And talking about the stuffed animals, that will always jump out in my mind about Psycho is when he's in that room. And I think it's an owl above him. Yes. And it just it, you look like it wants to move at any second. Yeah. And that's when it's really the, the hotel and, and the house. That's when it makes the move. It's basically two movies in one here, because think back in the day when if you didn't know anything about it going in, you would think it was a crime thriller because she takes the money. She's on the run. And then when she, when she checks into the hotel, everything changes. Not only is she gone, but we've got an entirely different movie. And the thing, too, right. about it is that is that while the, the sequels to this film are clearly inferior to the original, they're not bad. And I think that one of the things that the, the sequels do is mine the, the grounds, the hotel, the motel itself— for like the you know the ice machine and of course the swamp out back and the whole grounds of it becomes such I think ripe fodder for I think they explore in the sequels especially in the second one more about what is possible in an area like this like what it's it's possible to get away with um, if you're running a motel definitely and again you've got that isolation out there and so you're thinking oh finally a respite you know and, and I could be here and I could be safe and I could rest. But no, 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 no. <laughs> But no. Yeah, this is one you could just dig into for hours, and people have, and, and probably always will. It's not as, as far as not only a scary story, but the way it's constructed and the, and the genius of Hitchcock. So number two on our Fightful Hotels, of course, the Bates Motel from Psycho. All right, we're up to, well, we've already had your number one, so we're up to your number two, Jamie. 
So my number two comes straight from Louisiana. I love this film from 1981. It's Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, where a young woman inherits the Seven Doors Hotel that is not all it was meant up to be. to him who opens one of the seven gateways to hell, because through that gateway, evil will invade the world. This is like directly a gateway to hell in the basement, which right away, there are no basements in Louisiana, definitely not around (laughs) New Orleans. They become spas if they are. But uh, aside from that, uh, it's such an incredibly spooky movie. Um, the, the hotel itself seems to be alive, uh, not just in movement, but in in the, the creatures, the spirits that inhabit it. And she she thinks it's going to be such a great thing to finally move out there and get this. And no, 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 no. Again, they, the, her guests check in, but they don't check out. <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> Copyright. Right. Um, I think, I think you know, we've said before that we're not the biggest uh, Fulci fans, but I think this is probably his most well-regarded film, is it not? I don't know if it is. It's and my that favorite. scene on the causeway? You're right. The scene on the causeway is, and I think that that's the one that's the most famous, and of course it's, it's kind of the furthest from the hotel itself, but it's... I think that for me, um, the way that he meshes uh, the surreal with kind of, um, you know, mystery thriller elements and then also with like body horror, I think those come together for me the best in this movie. It's so it is so. And then the dubbing, you know, the the English dubbing. (laughs) I I mean, I love that they're all they're all Southerners. And the actors are all Italian, and the 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 voiceover dubs are none of them are American. I mean, they're English speakers, but they're so it's like a British accent trying to be Southern, dubbing a, an Italian actor, which just I think for me adds to the surreal quality of this film. And so I do think um, I mean I like Fulci uh, 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 pretty well as Italian directors go. Um, Italian horror is just not necessarily my bag, usually speaking. But uh, I think that of all Italian horror, I think that The Beyond is probably my favorite. Oh, that's a great choice because it is a beautiful movie. I I will tell you, talking about the accents, the worst accent ever from Louisiana is Wilford Brimley and Hard Target. Hands down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we didn't even mention because that's part of the fun of Daughters of Darkness as well. Those accents are all over the place. Oh, they are. But of course, you know, in that movie, it's it's not sure what you're not sure where everybody is supposed to be from. Yeah. And it's not really dubbing. It's just people using their own their own Mm -hmm. accents, Mm -hmm. which are pretty much out of place. This is a good one for number two, The Beyond, Lucio Fulci. Uh, that is for Jamie Ray's number two. So, uh, yeah, so his number one was Motel Hell. So we got to go up to our number one. And this was pretty obvious as well and kind of surprised that it's not uh, wasn't on Jamie's list uh, at all. But a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter. You know the rest. The Overlook from The Shining. Mom, they really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter. Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. Here's Johnny. (laughs) 
For me, I mean, obviously Stanley Kubrick has to be, but, you know, also I think shout out to Roy Walker, who's a production designer, and Leslie Tompkins, who is the art director. And and uh, the exterior uh, shot is at the, the Timberline Lodge in Oregon. The the Of all of the movies that we talked about, the, the Overlook itself is such a massive character in this film. Right. You know, it's alive. Uh, and it's alive with its own history and with everything that's ever happened inside of it and sort of the evil that it has collected, like the, the smell of burnt toast and the grounds and, of course, you know, the, the hedge. And, I mean, it's just the, the, the hotel itself, the size of it, the sort of puzzle piece that you get lost in it, the carpeting, <laughs> like everything about the hotel itself <laughs> is such a massive part of this movie. And it's so, it's so meticulously filmed and gorgeously, you know, designed that I, I felt like um, I didn't even want to make it number one, but I, I felt like I couldn't help myself. Yeah, because you're you're absolutely right. It is such an incredible character, and the way that Kubrick uses it to give you a sense of the the size of it and the isolation of it, and how you can go down so many halls when it's empty. Of course, it's so creepy, and so many different halls, uh, and so many different rooms, and then the big ballroom and the bar and the storage with with the the, the walk-in freezer and all that stuff. You just get a sense of the geography of it, both. Inside and out, you mentioned the hedge, that becomes a huge part of it, obviously. So it's it's a character that is fully fully formed and fully explored by, by the director, which I think makes this so, so chilling and an obvious choice, really. Meh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say anything more. You guys are right. It is probably the the one of the biggest characters, you know, in in film. I mean, it has a life on its own and it's, it's a, it's a bad life, but it it certainly does. And the way that it pulls you in and, and for me, it's that walk-in freezer scene. Oh my God. That's, that just, Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. But no, excellent choice. Yeah. And, and really, even though it's not as big of a part of Dr. Sleep, the, uh, the sequel, which is really worthwhile. I think Uh, it was really surprised me on how, how decent that, uh, that sequel is for a movie as iconic as this. But it's necessary in the sequel in that that's where they all have to go. That's where they have to end up. The showdown has to be at the Overlook. Yeah, you're, I think you're exactly right. I mean, as, as entertaining as different parts of that film are, the whole movie, whether they state it or not, the whole movie, you're, the audience is waiting for the Overlook. We're waiting for the whole film to wind up there. And then when it does get there, credit Mike Flanagan for, for really recreating certain sets of it in, in a way that made it feel like a, a return to home. And that's why it was such a smart move in that movie for Flanagan to give you the new actors playing those iconic parts parts early in the film because you are you're already used to it if he would have waited till the end where you're back at the overlook and you got somebody different playing jack nicholson you've been you'd have been what 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 no get it out of the way that was a genius move so you're ready for it by the end yeah it did did work out really well and there you know i mean you know just talking about this there are so 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 many others that we could have talked about and something you mentioned george there's just something spooky about an empty hotel. Oh, yeah. You know, when they're full of people, it's like, well, what bad could happen? But there's something so spooky about an empty hotel, and I'm not sure why that is. But, like, the innkeepers, that's another one that, that takes full advantage of that. I mean, there are there are really just dozens and dozens. But I like this list. I love Jamie. I love your list. I love that there was so little overlap because that gave us a chance to talk about so many different movies. And I'm so glad that 
We actually did spend a second on Tourist Trap because that's a great one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. You know, one I really didn't uh, get to was the hotel from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Oh, which, again, yeah. talk about two different movies. Exactly. Oh, man, that – again, they're going to have to change that carpet, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And I think in that movie, people remember, you know, the titty twister and, uh, and everything that happens mm-hmm. in that bar. But for me, the most chilling moments take yeah. place in that motel. There's oh, no I question. Agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. Tarantino, uh, he's amazing in front of the camera in this scene. Uh, love it. That one is really scary. You know, when Clooney comes back and realizes, you're like, oh – yeah, good one. There's a bunch yeah. of good ones. Yeah, and this is this is good to talk about. So good idea, Jamie. So what else have you got cooking up Thank here you. soon? Where can we find you on the socials, and where can people find more about Fave 5 oh. from fans? Well, I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, Fave the number 5 from fans, and we come out every Friday with new episodes. Uh, last week's episode was all about our favorite episodes of The Simpsons. I, and, I've uh, seen that, that, that. We haven't listened yet, but I am so excited to hear that one. That's tough to go yeah, to it's, narrow it's, it down to five. Wow. 740 episodes. And uh, so I made one caveat where I took my um, Treehouse of Horrors out. So that's going to be okay. a follow up episode later. Okay. But uh, that's with a, a guy who actually reached out to me and introduced himself, uh, Joey O. And um, so uh, look at that. I've got a favorite MCU moments coming up in a little while. And I just had an excellent idea from a past guest to do favorite Easter eggs in movies. So what's going on every Friday, y'all check us out. And then we throw out episodes of complete disarray every once in a while, just whenever we're bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got some good stuff going on there. I want to check out the Simpsons ones because we're big. Well, I, I should say we haven't really watched the Simpsons regularly for quite a while. But um, we're big, big Simpsons fans from, from, from back in the day and uh, definitely have our, our favorite episodes for sure. To be honest with you, George, I'm proud of you. I don't think we've ever talked about The Shining that you didn't bring up. The Shining. The Shining. Which we both believe is the greatest single <laughs> like five minutes that has ever appeared on, on national TV. It's it's I so agree. great. I agree. I, I was thinking that when y'all were talking about it. You, know? <laughs> you want to get sued? <laughs> <laughs> That's Willie's time. Oh, so great. So great. Well, good stuff for Faye Five from fans. So check him out. So what else have we got? I know we got some big stuff cooking. Well, I do. Well, so uh, this coming Tuesday, the Oscar nominations come out. And so that means that upcoming soon is our Skeletons in the Closet. Ooh, that's always yeah, fun. Yeah, that's always a fun episode. And for any new Fright Clubbers, Skeletons in the Closet is where we take some new Oscar nominees and look back into their bad horror movie past and count them down. Always fun. Always a bunch of fun. But before that, the next time we have uh, February 10th at the Gateway Film Center, the 1982 German film Der Fan, or The Fan. This we're very excited about. Chris Hamill dug this up for us and offered it to us, and we're so excited. It's such an unnerving and weird story about a 1980s pop fanatic, which just sounds like me. She wasn't stalking Duran Duran, but she might as well have been stalking Duran Duran. And and you can't, it's really hard to find. Like, you, you'd have to try to buy a copy, like a DVD of it right now. You can't, it's not streaming anywhere. So you have to come out to Gateway to see it. We're excited about that. And our, our list, which is another great uh, a topic that we've not tackled before, is celebrity crushes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because George wants us to stop in between each movie and, and confess one of our top celebrity crushes. Yeah, it's going to be time to share. 
<laughs> Should be fun. I so like if, that. You're, <laughs> if you're in the area, hope you can join us. So all that on the way, and you can always find us easily. Keep the conversation going on Twitter. It's at Fright Club Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram. We are Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website where you can find all of our written movie reviews, our other podcasts, the screening room, and all kinds of fun is there at madwolf.com. So keep in touch if you can. Uh, we will talk again soon. Keep in touch with Jamie as well, Fave Five from Fans. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much. This is fun as always. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, and good luck to all of you. You too. Thank you. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. I think, Jamie, you know what to do. Uh, ah, stay frightful, my friends. <laughs>